0: pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny.
1: Welcome to Gun Funny episode 279. Today I'm going to chat with Taylor Rhodes from Rocky Mountain Gun Owners and highlight a new gun from POF. I'm your host Ava Flannell. Taylor, how are you doing today?
2: I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. uh, I look forward to the conversation.
1: I'm like, you can tell me the truth. You're like, I'm running around with like.
2: (laughs) I think my terminology this morning when we got on is I am busy as a one arm man hanging wallpaper.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I like that. I actually I feel very similar because I am getting ready to go to SHOT Show, which are you going to SHOT Show?
2: I will not be at Shot Show, so that was the original plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, anti gun politicians had a different plan for me, so I am I am not going to be there.
1: Well, it's like Shot Show is such a love hate relationship at this point. I've been going now. I think this is like my eighth year, maybe. But you know, like in the beginning, you're like, "Oh, it's so fun!" In fact, I was just telling a previous student. For a student that I taught last night, I was like, yeah, I remember like the first two years you get all the swag, you get like patches and pens and calendars and hats right. and right. and you're like trying to fit it in your suitcase. And now I'm just like, no, nah, I don't want any of that like now we're good you know (laughs) right
2: exactly exactly how much junk can you have on a patch wall
1: (laughs) yeah well i do actually have a huge patch wall and i actually might be collecting more patches this year at shot show because i did make room (laughs) which i i probably have the largest patch wall that i've ever seen i haven't seen anybody else that's beat me but yeah i mean
2: mine's a five by three so i don't know is yours is yours oh mine's mine's
1: bigger yeah that's rookie numbers is so cute no But yeah, it's like it's just funny how, you know, things change and you get really excited to see all these guns, which I still get excited about. But it's like, usually by the end of the week, I'm like, I don't want to see any more guns. Like, I'm just like, I'm ready to go home. I need sleep. I'm exhausted.
2: (laughs) And let's be real. Like, two days in Vegas is enough in Vegas.
1: Yeah. And then on top of that, when you throw everything else into the mix, and it's not as, you know, it's not like, oh, it's just like during the day. I mean, during the day, you're walking the floor. I have a bunch of meetings. I have some booth appearances. And then at night, you have dinners with, like, typically, like, sponsors. And then... Not every night. I'm not really much of a partier anymore because I just God, I have two drinks and I'm like hungover the next day. But sure, I'm going to try like to go to the cry party this year, which I've never done before. And I think it's okay to say it now because when the show comes out, actually, no, the show won't. But they have an interesting theme. So hopefully my costume works. I don't know. I'll post pictures, but.
2: Sounds good.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also just like already my body hurts just thinking about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is a lot of walking around.
1: It is. Maybe I'll be lucky and lose some weight because, man, I'm packing it. That's another thing. I'm trying to like go through my clothes and pack and I'm like, nothing fits. I look fat and everything. (laughs) You know, it's just typical. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to talk about Smith & Wesson real quick. before the show started, you said you just bought the metal, the new Smith & Wesson M&P 2.0 metal. And I was like, yeah, I love that gun, but I'm torn between if I had to pick one, either the metal or the competitor, then you're like, oh, I got both. (laughs) <laughs> and i was like cool i mean i have both too so i'm not going to be like lucky you because you know right yeah, more like lucky us but right exactly like i'm so torn because for hundred dollars more you can get the competitor has all the upgrades but honestly the metal as is just the regular metal like man it just shoots really well and the other day i let somebody at the range when i was doing scenarios afterwards i let them shoot both And they fell in love with both. And they were like, the trigger is amazing. Like, they were just really impressed. And the metal, even though it's only two ounces heavier than the polymer pistol, it just seems like the ergonomics, like it's the weight is distributed a little bit more evenly. And it just shoots well. Like, I can't really, you know, I can't explain it, but it's amazing.
2: And the small, I mean, Smith and Weston for a long time, I didn't love their triggers, but the, Mm -hmm. the upgrades that they have done on this trigger, I mean... Mm-hmm. I would typically swap it for an Apex. I don't know that I'm actually going to swap it. It's it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I know. I Somebody asked me that. They were like, oh, so does Apex make a trigger for that yet? And I was like, I don't think you're going to need one. And that's yeah, not me just pushing yeah. the product. It's me like genuinely, I'm a trigger snob and I like it.
2: I am too. I am too. I I really tend to like it. Yeah. It doesn't have all the slop that, uh, that others have had in the past. Mm -hmm. They've really done a good job with, with upgrading this model. and, Mm -hmm. And let's not, let's not forget. I mean, it looks cool too. It looks really cool. Yeah, unless it's job that they did on it. Right. It, it's uh it's sweet.
1: Okay. So Grand Thumb was my guest last week and he just like crapped all over and he's like, It's ugly, the color's ugly. And I was like, dude, whoa, first of all, go back to, you know, the country Come days of your nineteen eleven. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, like I don't know. I think it looks cool. If we're doing looks, I think that the metal looks better than the competitor. The competitor just looks a little more space gun to me. But I think, I mean, I think that they are both great looking guns, honestly.
2: Yeah, I do as well. I I do as well.
1: I don't, I mean, I still want my gun to look good, but ultimately I'd rather it just perform better than, you know.
2: Right. Yeah, of course. Of
1: course. But yeah, so if you guys want to check it out, head on over to smith-wesson.com.
0: The Things You Never Knew on Deconstructing the Industry.
1: All right, so Taylor, so first of all, I'm really happy that I was able to get you on. I'm like, man, this is going to be a reach, but I'm just going to ask if you want to come on my show. And I'm like, you probably don't have time, but I think it was just, you know, it's important for you to come in and just talk about like what's going on. And and this applies more for Colorado, but what people don't realize is even if this doesn't apply to you right now in your state, because Colorado used to be very red, extreme, right. you know, like so Republican and now it's blue. And so if it's not happening in your state, I hate to say it, but it's just a matter of time. And if we don't stop it in one state, it's going to spread like a disease. And, you know, right. before we used to think like, oh, it's just California New York, you know more of those like extreme blue states but like it is spreading and that's why it's important for you know for us to know like what's going on especially because all these bills are very similar although i would say the proposed assault weapon ban that they have in colorado right now is almost more extreme than like some of the stuff that they have in you know in some of these states that like california we'd almost expect it but this is just crazier for colorado
2: no. So this does go further than, than Colorado's and Maryland's and even the Illinois bill that just passed a couple days ago. Yeah. But bef- before but, we get too deep into it, you, you just mentioned that Colorado used to be a red state. And I know you all your listeners aren't just in Colorado. So yeah. I will say if you're interested in how it happened, uh, there's two things that you can, you can take a look at. Number one is this, it's a, it's a, it's on Facebook or YouTube or it's floating around the internet somewhere. It's called Rocky Mountain Heist. It's about a it's a 40-minute video. It's really well done, and it just talks about how four billionaires, Jared Polis our current governor included, essentially planned out this really in-depth takeover of Colorado and and how they used words and paid organizers Uh, As manipulation to the people and to ultimately take over the state. There's another, there's another book out there. It's called the blueprint, uh, how Democrats stole Colorado. Um, That also, that also goes over, uh, you know, all the ins and outs, but you know, I know today we're, we're specifically talking about this assault weapons bill. Yeah. And, and as I mentioned, it is it is nuts It because it's like I told someone yesterday on the radio. This is not your grandfather's assault weapons bill. Right. This is not the this is not the assault weapons bill that's going after AR-15s and, and AK-47s. Right. This is not, you know, while it does ban those, of course, it bans, you know, Mini pistols, the Smith and Weston, uh, comp- well, the, the competition, competitor. the metal, yeah, yeah. The, the competitor, that would be banned under this bill because it has a compensator on the end. No mini Glocks that are coming out now are coming out with. Um, with compensators built in, even just into the standard barrel that they're that they're putting out. Yeah. So are those going to be illegal since it's not a traditional threaded barrel compensator? Exactly. It's kind of unclear.
1: Mm-hmm. Before we start dissecting the bill, I want to backtrack a little bit. And can you just like introduce yourself? And how long have you been with Rocky Mountain Gun Owners? And how did you end up, you know, to this point, like, what are all the situations that took place for you to end up Right here on the show.
2: Right. So uh, I've been in politics. I I, I joke since I came out of the womb. My dad was a chief of staff to a member of Congress and uh, was born in Fairfax, Virginia, Mm. and um, spent my first handful of years in in, in D.C. before we moved uh, back to South Mississippi, where most of my family's from. I grew up in East Tennessee, but uh, just a part of the story. And I really didn't like politics. I I now joke that you know politics is the definition of it is poly meaning many ticks meaning blood sucking insects. Um, <laughs> I, I I still I felt that way when I was a kid too. I hated it, mm-hmm. but at a extremely young age, I was just frankly I was pissed off with what politicians were doing and stealing our freedoms, specifically on issues like campus carry when you know, it was illegal to have a, a handgun on my, on my college campus. Mm-hmm. There were several girls that, you know, I would, I started this, uh, you know, this campus carry movement at the end of it, it was mostly, uh, comprised of college age women, right. It was women that were going out that says, Hey, you know, I was walking home from, you know, X event. Mm-hmm. And this dude was cat calling me and trying to get me in his car. And, I didn't feel safe and, you know, our, you know, even rape victims that yeah. were a part of our club and we made a lot of headway. So I've, I've been a gun activist for a long time, but ultimately I started in paid politics, uh, working for, you know, I joke that I've done everything from dog catcher all the way up to United States president. Right? <laughs> so I've, I've worked on, uh, campaigns for people running for president like Donald Trump and, um, Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina, and uh, we won't talk about Trump's bad gun bills today. But I was not too pleased with him in the White House. Mm -hmm. But that's a that's a conversation for another day. But ultimately, came out to Colorado on on a favor uh, from someone that I had met uh, when I was working for the Republican National Convention in Cleveland in 2016, and fell in love with the state and decided, you know, this is where I want to plant my roots. I met uh, a handful of people with the National Association for Gun Rights, which is, uh, I guess you could technically say it's our parent organization. We operate separately. I operate under a completely different board than they do, uh, but we share a building and uh, met a couple of people from there. And frankly, I was working in more of establishment politics Mm -hmm. and they're like, what are you doing? Uh, You don't belong there. Come work with us and upset the apple cart. And that's what I did. And uh, started as a contract lobbyist in 2019, uh, when or 2018, I guess, uh, when uh, Colorado uh, decided that they were going to pass red flag gun confiscation laws. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, um, just based on uh, the national group growing as rapidly as they were, our founder, Dudley Brown, uh, was also the founder of Rocky Mountain Gun Owners, or was also the founder of the National Association for Gun Rights and uh he was like you know we're, we're growing at a rate that you know is faster than we've ever grown i don't have the time to do rmgo anymore is this something that you would be interested in and of course i, I said yes and uh this has been my journey for the past past three years and it's been a fight it's wow. been a real fight here in colorado i mean we are we've been up against some of the most extreme laws in our time but we've we've shifted our strategy lightly because of, uh, you know, some court decisions and, and, uh, and frankly, the makeup of our state.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, definitely impressive. I'm trying to think where to even start. Cause I was born and raised in Colorado. I did spend eight years in New York city and then came back here and then got into the gun industry. And I've been here for the last 10 years and it's crazy how things have just changed. I mean, even just in 10 years, even in the last five years, it's crazy. But one thing that I do want to state is the last thing I want to do is like kind of be like the NRA where it's like these turncoats and these like, you know, like kind of really space out like Republicans and Democrats. And because I think a lot of gun owners even today are very much like in the middle. And some people might, you know, agree with like some things like maybe they want their gun rights, but they're also in favor of, let's say, abortions or, you know, something that like is kind of in the middle. And the last thing that I want to do is push anybody away or turn somebody off by being super extreme. I mean, would you say that that is kind of the correct approach or are you guys just kind of, especially with like Rocky mountain gunners, are you guys just like only concentrating on gun related policies?
2: Yeah. So we're a single issue nonprofit advocacy group. Mm -hmm. Uh, So actually uh, the IRS list us as a social welfare organization Hmm. and by our tax code uh even if i wanted to under my title at rocky mountain gun owners uh i am not allowed to talk about other topics um in within my direct scope of Hmm. my uh, title Mm -hmm. uh, with with rmg of course if, if we're having a beer or whatnot i'll i'll go down political you know
1: yeah, but publicly,
2: of all, of, of all the things that I care about. And, and even publicly to an extent, I mean, people know where I stand. I make no qualms that I'm pro-life I make no qualms that I'm, I'm a Republican. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, under the, under the guise of Rocky mountain gun owners, I don't talk about those things. And frankly, it's, uh, I've got enough on my plate uh, with the gun issue in and of itself. I don't have time to talk about uh, abortion or, or crime reform or Our taxes, or immigration, or all Mm -hmm. the other things that I Mm -hmm. care
1: about. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the organization. Like, what is its mission?
2: Yeah, so Rocky Mountain Gun Owners was founded in 1994, and and frankly, we were founded in a direct response uh, to the NRA. Uh, The NRA was uh, had set up shop here. And we're, we're cutting deals uh, with with bad politicians, mm-hmm. uh, and what I mean by that is is we uh, essentially had we had opportunities for for laws such as constitutional carry, and then in, in that uh, in that time, this is in the nineties, of course, the shall issue fight was the big fight. And for viewers or listeners that that don't know what shall issue is, that's essentially what the Bruin case was fought over. Meaning that the government, if you pass a background check and do all the things that the government asks you to do, they shall issue you a concealed carry permit mm-hmm. uh, instead of May issue. May issue was a good old boys club. There's articles that I will tell you about ho- off this because they get a, little, uh, get a little raunchy, I guess, um, <laughs> uh, when for some of the favors that sheriffs were asking for, you can just kind of imagine uh, to get permits. Wow. So our founding was literally off of you know, the NRA was cutting deals and Dudley Brown wanted a no compromise organization that says, look, we're not going to cut deals in back rooms. We're mm-hmm. not going to, we're not going to sell your rights down the road. We're not going to, you know, cut the ward off of a witch's nose because at the end of the day, you know, we still have a witch. We want to kill the witch. We mm-hmm. don't want to make the witch prettier. Right. Yeah. You know, you, I guess the other saying is you can put lipstick on a pig, but you still have a pig. Yeah. So our goal is to, you know, give the maximum amount of freedom uh, on the gun issue and hold politicians accountable uh, for when it matters. And uh, and we've been able to success. Twenty seven years, of course, we're in a we're in a time that we're playing defense, but for many years of our history, Uh, We were on offensive. We were the first group to ever get constitutional carry voted on on the House floor. And that just happened five, six years ago.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. So it's fairly recent. And what I always like to say is, you know, we do what you think the NRA does. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about Mantis. If you guys haven't heard of it yet, so Mantis Blackbeard X, it's one of their new devices where not only can you dry fire your AR, but now you can also get that feedback that you would from the mantis x device it replaces the bolt carrier group and the charging handle and then you also insert a magazine all three of these are red so you're not going to confuse it with the real thing and this allows you to dry fire your ar without having to pull back that charging handle reset the trigger every time and then it also gives you real-time feedback like the X would, so it shows you, you know, your movement before, during, and after that you're taking the shot, really cool. I don't know of anything else on the market that's like it. You can get it for, so just the regular Blackbeard X is 2 dollars with no laser, which some people don't want the laser, 3.99 dollars with a red laser, and then 3.49 dollars with a green or infrared laser. And if you guys just bought the Blackbeard and you're like, oh man, and then, you know, the Blackbeard X came out, Well, they also have a program where you can exchange it. There is, you know, an added cost, but you do get quite a bit off if you were to buy the Blackbeard X. Check these out, mantisx.com. All right, so let's talk about the proposed assault weapon ban and kind of dissect it. Because I think a lot of people, I mean, you talk about politics. I think the reason why a lot of people don't get into politics is because even the verbiage, you're like, what the hell are they trying to say? And when I was in New York City, I worked for the New York Yankees in legal and finance. And to this day, like, I do not want to read another legal contract. You read it and you're so freaking confused. And it's like they almost do that. They have this broad verbiage so that, you know, it's all in for interpretation. But let's kind of just go down, you know, some of the really important parts of this proposed assault weapons ban.
2: Right. So as I as I mentioned earlier, this is this is not your grandfather's assault weapons ban. Mm-hmm. This is a ban that takes aim at not just AR-15s or AK-47s. Uh, it also goes after if you own a uh, 50 cal, uh, that would then be deemed as any 50 cal, uh, regardless of of the features, is going to be deemed an assault weapon. Any uh, mini uh, pistols and shotguns. Uh, If they have a threaded barrel or they have a compensator um, or if you have a shotgun, I know my turkey gun has a pistol grip on it. Mm -hmm. uh, That would then uh, be deemed a assault weapon under this bill.
1: And what do you think Um, is so freaking terrifying about having, you know, a threaded barrel or a compensator? I mean, so this is what annoys me is like the people that are proposing these laws. I'm like, do you even know how guns work? And by having a compensator on a gun, it does not make it more deadly. Like it literally right. just helps with recoil.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, they have recoil, no idea. like.
1: And I think that that's what is so frustrating is it'd be one thing if whoever, you know, with any laws, whoever is proposing these laws, if they actually understood every part of the industry. And I almost feel like that should be a qualification before they can actually, you know, take it from people's hands. But it seems like a lot of, you know, not just with guns, but any politics, they're always, you know, proposing these laws that like just absolutely make zero sense.
2: Right. Yeah. So it. It's nuts because one of the one of the items in this bill is it talks about a a shroud that either partially or completely encircles the barrel. And when they talk about this, it just shows how big of idiots these people are. Mm-hmm. Because it says allowing the bear to hold the firearm with the non-triggering hand without being burned. Hmm. So hmm. in theory. I guess we're all going to have to buy welder's gloves.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> um, but joking aside, I mean, that essentially covers, I mean, every semi-automatic uh, rifle, yeah. right? I mean, that even covers, uh, you were talking about Mike with Grand Thumb, even his uh, even his uh, M1 Grand. I mean, that's going to deem that an assault weapon. Yeah. Any ad- adjustable stocks and, again, uh, even... Uh, we think this goes further uh, than uh, California's because it doesn't have those, uh, you know, when California passed theirs, it was they had, you know, the fins for the pistol grips. They had the bullet buttons for the mags. They had uh, what are the other stupid things that California does? I don't know. There's a there's like four or five different exceptions that, mm-hmm. you know, you could modify your, your weapon mm-hmm. uh, to make it compliant. Um, this does not allow for uh, modification to become compliant. So if you want to, if you have a, let's just, let's talk in the world of ARs right now, because that's what most people are going to think of when you're talking about an assault weapon ban. If you have an AR-15 and it meets the qualifications, which 99.9% of these are going to, just based on the definitions that they, that they have here, if it meets the qualifications and you are stopped let's say you're transporting between your house and the range mm-hmm. you're stopped by a peace officer the peace officer request says do you have an ar from what this bill sounds like that is going to be you know standard questioning as soon as you get pulled over it's going to be you know do you have any deadly weapon or with you and if you say yes, and and again, I don't tell you to lie, but if you say yes,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you are then a criminal. It's a class two misdemeanor, or if you're using it in the commission of a crime, it's a felony. But not only of, you know, the fines on that, I think it's like 750 bucks or 120 days in jail. They're actually taking it a step further And in putting in mandatory fines, those fines for civilians for just everyday Joe are going to be up to $5,000 per weapon. So meaning if you have and the way that they define a weapon is not the way the ATF has traditionally defined a weapon. They're not saying the the lower and all the parts. Mm -hmm. If you have your upper and lower detached, if those are not together, you're technically Under this bill, you're going to be charged with two counts of having a quote-unquote assault weapon. Wow. A a pistol grip is going to be an assault weapon if it could fit on an AR-15. A handguard could be considered an assault weapon if it could fit on an AR-15. Not only that, is this is going to hurt gun shops. Looking through the bill, you can see that uh, this bill would require um, gun shops that were illegally selling so-called assault weapons They would be fined up to $500,000. I mean, this is not chump change for many Mm -hmm. of these businesses. I mean, look, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about businesses, most of which, I mean, there's some that are bigger. I know that like DCF down in the Springs or or Magnum down in the Springs or Liberty up in uh, in, uh, the Fort Collins area uh, or Centennial Gun Club or Triple J Armory or some of the others that are a little bit bigger most of these gun shops are what less than a thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. I mean they're they're fairly small. yeah not on top of this bill they're looking to pass a 10 day waiting period bill. So they're they're essentially just going after I mean I've I've joked you know on the radio that they should call this bill package the gun owners get out of town bill <laughs> because they're literally forcing I mean they're gonna force businesses out of out of town. They're gonna force many gun owners uh, out of the state. But, you know, when you're testifying on this bill, if you do live in Colorado, uh, don't tell them you're leaving. That's like the worst strategy ever. They Mm -hmm. want you to leave.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know. (laughs) Well, and I actually got into a few like small disputes, even when I posted this on my Instagram. And I was just like, you know, a lot of people are like, man, I'm so glad I got out of Colorado or like, oh, time to leave. And I'm like, what good is that doing? Look at how many people like you know, so you leave Colorado, you basically hand them Colorado on a silver platter as opposed to staying and fighting. And if you think that, you know, like even, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, I'm so glad I moved to Texas. And I'm like, Texas is also under fire. I mean, all of these states, like no state is safe. There's no sanctuary state. It's just a matter of time before all of this, you know, like I said, it spreads like a disease. And by leaving and just kind of throwing your hands up, that's not solving anything that to me, like, I hate when people say that, like, well, it's time to move. No, it's actually time to stand and fight and put your foot down. This is, we're not, we're not giving away our state. And as it is, we've, you know, we've kind of done that. But when a lot of people ask me, like, why are you living in Colorado? And it's like, I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon. If I leave, it's not going to become, you know, because of the gun rights, it's going to be because you know, maybe it's gotten really expensive or, you know, I like sure. warmer weather or something like that. But it is not going to be because sure. the gun laws have changed because I will continue sure. to stand here and just fight for it.
2: Exactly. And if if you want to fight, if I know we've just kind of gotten into this and we're just at the tip of the iceberg here. But if you want to fight. Uh, We've set up an easy link for you to go to. It's rmgo.org forward slash AWB. That's Alpha Whiskey Bravo, rmgo.org forward slash AWB, Alpha Whiskey Bravo. That's going to take you to a petition page. Uh, We're gathering as many names as we can uh, in petitions. We will deliver those petitions at our expense, likely when this goes to committee or the day or two before it's scheduled to be on the House floor. So that your legislators will hear from you. Additionally, when you click through that, we realize uh, that this fight look, the Colorado legislature is in the House, they have a supermajority. I think they have mm-hmm. three votes past a supermajority. In the Senate, they lack one vote from a supermajority. This is going to pass. Governor Polis has signed all 11 anti gun bills that he has been put on his desk. He's likely going to sign this one. We realize that the fight in the legislature is just kind of the first stumbling block for them, uh, essentially. Where we really are going to have to fight this is in the courts. My legal team has already sent me a lawsuit uh, that we plan on filing uh, fairly quickly after uh, this bill assumingly becomes law. We've had a history of of being able to to fight back uh, and win in Colorado in the post-Bruin era, Uh, For those who don't know, Bruin was the the big New York case uh, that completely changed uh, the way that gun cases uh, are looked at. Not only did it give uh, a shall issue status for every state in the country, it also changed, uh, like I said, the way that gun cases are looked at. It takes away that intermediate scrutiny, meaning they can no longer weigh the cost benefit analysis of of a certain law. So essentially, if. A judge is looking at a law to ban uh, standard capacity magazines, meaning magazines that can hold 30 rounds or more. A judge could no longer say, well, 44 percent or whatever the stat is. is, I think it's lower than that. Uh, Let's say 33 percent of quote unquote mass shootings are um, done with standard capacity magazines. Mm -hmm. They can no longer use that as a justification of keeping the law. They must look at the text, history and tradition of the law, meaning if the law was written or the Second Amendment was written at the founding of our country. We have to look at what happened then uh, in regards to, you know, how old was someone when they got their first rifle, uh, which was traditionally 13. How, you know, is a firearm in common use Meaning, of course, we didn't have AR-15s in the time of our founding, uh, but, you know, we did have many other things that would have been considered at that time a quote-unquote assault weapon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, is it in common use? Well, the question of common use on most like AR-15s, uh, there's more AR-15s in America than Ford F-150s, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ford F-150s is the highest selling truck on the road right now. You, there's no way that you can dispute ARs are not in common use so it completely changes that landscape and we've been successful in filing lawsuits here in Colorado uh, against uh, the town of Superior who enacted a assault weapons ban and a magazine ban that was even more restrictive than the state Boulder and Boulder County also did this we sued uh, and we won actually an Obama appointed an Obama and a Biden appointed judge uh, granted us a TRO, meaning a temporary restraining order, where the law was essentially null and void until we could work this all out. And in their writing, it essentially says, "Beyond the, you know, because of the likelihood that Rocky Mountain gun owners wins this case, we're staying the law."
1: Hmm. Interesting. I'm kind of so I'm also looking over this proposed weapons ban and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's also a semi-automatic pistol that has the capacity to accept a detachable magazine and that may be readily modified to accept a detachable magazine if the semi-automatic pistol meets another set of circumstances, which I clicked on because I'm like, okay, what are these other circumstances? And can you just go over that? Because I'm like, essentially, I'm like, that accepts a detachable magazine. I'm like, that's like every semi-automatic pistol out there.
2: (laughs) Right, so if it has a threaded barrel or a second pistol grip, so it's going after AR pistols at that point,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: or a second pistol grip or an additional uh, function of a protruding grip with a non-trigger hand, so they're talking about angled foregrips, they're talking about uh, hand stops, mm-hmm. all of the above. If it can hold a flash uh, suppressor, uh, better known as a compensator, uh, the ability to set, accept a detachable magazine, blah, blah, blah. If it has a buffer tube if it has uh if you can have so like an
1: ar pistol essentially
2: yeah exactly uh if it's uh weight is more than 50 ounces unloaded
1: which what um, does that even matter
2: yeah exactly you know i mean exactly it's it makes no sense i mean this is all arbitrary my favorite if it can keep a functional grenade launcher of course you can keep your your mimic uh grenade launchers on your on your pistol because we all have grenade launcher mm-hmm. blocks <laughs> and then it, it, it repeats itself if it has a rapid fire trigger activator that's one of the things that we are looking at so when we traditionally talked about rapid fire trigger activators we were talking about like the uh what's the brand Binary? rare breed rare, okay. uh, yeah right Ra- rare breed triggers right okay. which those were banned by the atf mm-hmm. uh, but is this going to go after, you know, binary triggers, assisted triggers? Is this going to go after, like, the Geisley triggers that have, like, that forced reset? Mm-hmm. You know, I think so, Uh based on the way that this is written. There is what does not, and it's actually easier to say what is not an assault weapon, so they they claim what is not an assault weapon is something that is a weapon that's been made permanently inoperable an antique firearm manufactured before 1899 a replica of an antique firearm uh, a manual bolt operated pump lever or slide action unless the firearm is a shotgun with a revolving cylinder or a firearm that can only fire rimfire ammunition wow um yeah
1: Essentially, I mean, so people are failing to understand, though, is the Second Amendment was not created, you know, saying like what guns we can and can't have. I mean, essentially, it was created so that we can keep the government in check. And I think ultimately, when people come out with all these reasons as to why we should ban guns, they're missing the overall larger picture. And that is that we we want to keep the government in check. And how are we going to do that when we have antique firearms and everybody else has, you know, machine guns?
2: Right, you know, when people ask me why do I need an AR-15, I tell them I don't. I need I need an A-10 Warthog. Uh, I'm still working on getting one of those, <laughs> uh, but for until then, I'll hang on to my.
1: To yeah, my, he'll uh, settle for uh, the AR, AR, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So, so here's the definition of a rapid fire tr- trigger activator detailed in the bill on page ten. Uh, Line 22, it's any manual power driven or electronic device that is designed and functions to increase the rate of fire of a semi-automatic firearm when the device is attached to the firearm.
1: So it could be any of those. Any of them. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so so let's let's talk about the transportation so say you. Well, let's talk about the grandfather clause and then we'll talk about
1: it. I was going to ask you about that. I'm like, okay, so there's millions of guns out there. So what the hell are we supposed to be doing right now with all of our guns? Like, let's say this does pass and there's a good chance that it could. So overnight, do we all become criminals or are we grandfathered into owning it? And then how are they supposed to keep track as to what was made, you know, Before that, I mean, it's just like the magazine ban. Like you could walk into majority of these stores in Colorado and still buy a 30 round magazine because it's not enforceable. Nobody has any idea of like, I mean, you're not supposed to sell them, but if you own a magazine that exceeds 15 rounds before, what was it? July 1st, 2013, you're grandfathered into owning it. They're not serialized. They don't know when they were made. It's, It's another stupid law. That's not only is it stupid, but also it's not even enforceable.
2: Right. So the way that they're going to get around the enforcement of this is, is, and I assume that they try to change the mag ban as well if they do pass this, is they're adding that big fine for gun shops. And gun shops aren't going to risk that. I mean, many of them don't have $250,000 to buy more product, Mm -hmm. uh, let alone to pay a a hefty fine. So let's talk about the the grandfather clause. So the grandfather clause essentially says, in so many words, that If you want to keep your, and I just want to look at the bill just so I'm not misspeaking here, so excuse my rustling of papers. If you want to keep your firearm, it doesn't come without light registration. Why I'm saying light registration is you're not going to have to, at least yet, you're not going to have to go to your county sheriff and tell them that you have a uh, assault weapon.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, However, these are the qualifications that you have to maintain. You have to maintain consistent ownership of your firearm, meaning once you die, the firearm dies. Not only that is you must have proof of the purchase that you bought the firearm before the date of enactment. They say the proof of purchase is let me just pull this up here again. The proof of purchase, you may uh, be able to keep it if you have a receipt, if you have. A 4473 from the gun shop when you purchased it, a bill of sale, a credit card statement, or a copy of well, that's the 4473. I mean, we will.
1: Uh, where are you getting a 4473 from? Because <laughs> so you that, fill the 4473 out, and the gun store has to keep it.
2: Right. So but you would saying, you
1: would contact them, and then they would send you a copy of it.
2: So they're saying on page eleven row 26 a documentation that a person may prove ownership includes but not limited to a a receipt of purchase bill of sale uh, proof of legal firearm transfer credit card statement a copy of a form uh, provided by the licensed gun dealer Mm. uh, with your atf form so they're claiming in this bill that the atf is requiring them to keep it for 20 years i've known that to be seven so maybe they i'm wrong did
1: recently change that because i i just had a meeting with atf i switched uh, my ffl the address on it and i did ask them about how long i have to keep the records and they did say well actually they didn't even say 20 years they said as long as i'm in business now because it used, oh, to, be, okay. it used to be it used to seven, be seven and at that point you could even have atf come and pick up all your records because obviously if you're a huge gun store and you're just doing all these bulk sales where are you going to keep right. all of this and it just keeps expanding And then I think it was 20. But now, to my understanding, you have to keep it as long as you're in business.
2: Right. Okay. so technically you could go to your gun shop and you could say, hey, I bought this gun Mm -hmm. from you 15 years ago. Let's do some digging. Yeah. But for me, I mean, heck. I hate to admit this. I don't know how many guns I own.
1: No, me Uh, neither. uh, And I don't, I don't even remember where I got most of them or what year I got them. Like if you, I mean, I guess gun stores, if you were like, I know I bought a gun from you, can you just do a search and they could pull up the, you know, if they have it computerized, but some of them actually don't. Some of them have it all in books and stuff.
2: Right. I mean, I know I have, I have two ARs that, I mean, one I got when I was nine or 10 years old. Oh wow. I don't have, I don't have paperwork for that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way. Am I going to become a criminal? Yeah. So you know, on top of you know, trying to hunt down all of this information. Let's say you are stopped. You're stopped. You know, you're you're going five miles over the speed limit because, of course, no one that listens uh, to this podcast breaks the law, especially speeding.
1: Right. (laughs) Not Um, me. Never. No. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly. So say you're stopped. Say you do have a quote-unquote assault weapon as defined in this bill in your vehicle. A, if it's in your vehicle, if it is a assault weapon and you're transporting it to a range, now there's, of course, there's only a handful of places that you can actually, uh, you know, have a quote-unquote assault weapon, and we can talk about that uh, in a minute, but let's say you're transporting it to a range. If it is not locked in a, they're claiming a safe, I'm guessing a Pelican case would work. I mean, it works for the TSA, Mm -hmm. should work for a car. You're a criminal uh, under the same as if you were, uh, you know, you had your weapon illegally. Uh, So you're looking at, you know, a civil penalty uh, as well as a class two misdemeanor. So that's that's number one. Say you do have it locked up in your safe. You're going to your range. You're looking for a good range session. Once you have uh, if you've been pulled over. You have and you don't have your paperwork with you. So you don't have the the proof that you've had it consistently in your possession and you don't have proof uh, that you bought it before the date of enactment. Mm-hmm. The peace officer will then seize that firearm on the spot. Wow. You then have three business days to prove because it's an affirmative defense, meaning you're guilty until proven innocent. Due process is out the window on this bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have three days to prove uh, that your firearm was kept in your consistent possession and that you bought it before the date of enactment. Hmm. So, you know, if you bought this gun 20 years ago and you bought it at a gun shop that may or may not be open, or heck, even if they are still open. Good luck. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how they're they're gonna find this. Yeah. So effectively you're gonna become a criminal. Mm-hmm. That's that's how this happens. You're gonna become a criminal and they're gonna seize that firearm. It's gonna be taken in for evidence. And then once you are found guilty, if you are found guilty, then that firearm will be destroyed by the arresting department.
1: Interesting. I'm gonna take another quick break talk about Caldwell. One of the products that Caldwell's probably most known for is their lead sleds. They're a great tool if you really want to confirm like a good precision zero on a rifle, especially if you're going hunting. It's just the right thing to do. They do this by having a solid frame construction that supports both ends of the rifle and it's weighted down with bags of lead to completely absorb that recoil so the gun doesn't move at all. Really, all you have to do is adjust it so that the crosshairs are on target, squeeze the trigger, and then obviously make adjustments accordingly. They have several different versions of the lead sled to choose from, starting at $109.99. They also just came up with a new version called the Hydro Sled, and it has a tank that you can fill with water, so it's not as heavy to carry onto the range, which is a game-changer check these out Caldwellshooting.com. don't forget to use the code gunfunny10 that's all one word and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order well i'm curious what is preventing people from going across state lines and getting stuff that may be illegal here i mean that's for a while that's what they were doing with magazines you know going to wyoming getting 30 round magazines i know you know depending on what gun you're buying, like if it's a handgun, you have to be a resident, but long guns, depending on what state you go to, you can still buy long guns. Would they send out something nationwide that like, Hey, you know, you can no longer sell long guns, depending on what state you're in to other residents or outside residents. How are they going to prevent that from happening?
2: So I don't know that they are going to be able to prevent that. The interesting things like Wyoming for private transfers you don't have to have a background check that's true Uh, i could i could meet someone in a walmart parking lot and buy an ar tomorrow
1: yeah or a handgun at that point
2: right right exactly so uh, assumingly even if the atf does send out a notice to gun shops let's say in wyoming let's use that as the example Mm -hmm. it's not going to prevent the transfer of private sales uh so if you get on gun broker and you see somebody's there i guess you could I don't know, does gunbroker still have the messaging feature i haven't used that in a while if they do
1: yeah i haven't um, either but i'd imagine um, so i mean either I way you could so. you could email them i think it does have their email information
2: right so you could you could email them and say hey you know i need to keep this off the books <laughs> give me a receipt for before july you know yeah uh
1: first 2000 yeah yeah So, uh,
2: you know, this isn't a perfect bill in in their eyes and certainly not in our eyes. And one of the things that is the most egregious in this is they talk about, you know, who is exempt from this. They're saying that, you know, peace officers are exempt. They're saying that people that operate armored vehicles are exempt because, you know, of course, money is more important than my family that I'm trying to protect. Mm -hmm. But one of the most interesting ones that they say is they say military members are exempt. If it falls within the scope of their duties. So meaning if you're, you work in it with the air force, at air force locations here, our bases here in Colorado, Mm -hmm. you could potentially be banned uh, from, uh, from owning a rifle, even though you've served our country. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's completely nuts.
1: Um, and, and actually i mean a lot of people don't realize like the military there's a lot of military members that do not touch guns in their right you know day-to-day activities especially like in, has,
2: in, in modern military i mean yeah. majority i would say do not
1: yeah i agree because i mean i get a lot of people who are military who end up taking my class and even though they don't need to take the class they can still get their concealed carry permit with right. their orders they still do because they don't know how to operate a gun
2: right so, right right exactly mm. Exactly. So again, if you're, if you're hearing this and and you want to fight back, I can't stress enough how important it is to go to armgeo.org forward slash AWB. That's alpha whiskey, Bravo, fill out your petition. We'll deliver it at our expense. Uh, That'll direct you to a a donate page. If you can chip in five, ten bucks, if you can do more, please do every single penny of this is going to go to the fight. Uh, Whether it be fighting uh, in the halls of the Capitol or in the courtrooms across our state. Um, frankly, the 10th district um, will likely be a, a Denver district court, but uh, it'll be all over the 10th district. So uh, this has broader implications than just just Colorado. So likely uh, the National Association for Gun Rights has filed assault weapons ban lawsuits uh, in five circuit courts. I believe they're in uh, the circuits are based, uh, I'm trying to think of the states. It's like Hawaii, Illinois. Um, Connecticut um, there's Colorado there's one other that I can't remember but regardless so half of the circuit courts in America have been filed in uh, but this one will be specific to call our lawsuit that uh, we will file uh, many of you that have followed RMGO will know that we filed lawsuits in places like Boulder uh, Colorado Superior Colorado that have already enacted Uh, Gun control because of Senate Bill 256, which allows, you know, localities all the way down to, you know, homeowners associations to pass gun control. So we've sued already over this topic and we've been successful in the post-Bruin era and we believe that we will be successful on this bill, especially if it passes as written I mean, there's no way that they can see that this is constitutional under Bruin or Heller or McDonald or Mm -hmm. any of the landmark gun cases.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. And just tell me what, again, the website, social media, all that stuff, if if people want to go and support you.
2: Yeah. So the website again is rmgo.org. That's our base website. You can find all of our info on us and who we are and who I am and all the good stuff. But if you want to get directly involved, the easiest way is to go to RMGO.org forward slash AWB. That's Alpha Whiskey Bravo. You can also find us on Facebook at Rocky Mountain Gun Owners Official. On Instagram, it's RMGO underscore official. On Twitter, I think we are RMGO Colorado. Really, Twitter is if you're on Twitter, that's normally Twitter and Instagram are normally the places that we post first. So if you're following us on there, you should be able to see uh, pretty active updates. Even if it's something quick, either I or, or one of my staff people can can jot down uh, what's going on and what's happening in this fight. Look, we're six days in. Uh, we are. Yeah, no, we're seven days in. Well, almost seven days.
1: You're in. like, seven I don't know. Tomorrow. All the days are blending.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got we got word of this on Saturday, and we essentially put together a, a program in, in less than a week so we're trying to now just let as many people as possible know what's going on um you know whether you're you know, you're supporting uh us or whoever I mean you need to support a gun rights organization in Colorado and frankly we're leading the charge here I mean I know that I spoke to uh we're very friendly with like gun owners of America here mm-hmm. they're following our lead and are willing to help with whatever we need I'm still trying to get a hold of the guys over at FPC The NRA, unfortunately, probably won't do anything, Mm -hmm. but that's just kind of their MO these days. We'll see what NSSF does. They're normally pretty active. They've got a lobbyist that goes to the Capitol, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and uh, it's a pretty good guy. Uh, We'll see if they get involved. Again, it's pretty early. The bill has not even made it out of House chambers. So, you know, we're thinking that it gets assigned a number and is in committee as early as uh, the week after next. So that's, I don't know, what's what's the date on that? That's like the 23rd, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, the 23rd is when we're expecting this, but uh, really it could come down the pipe at any moment. So it's really important that we're fighting this early and getting a large amount of support now so that when this is in the Capitol, uh, it's simply just notifying the people that are on our list to say, hey, this is where you show up. This is what you need to do, you know, and hopefully we can fight back against this
1: thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because we talked about so much political stuff, I am going to skip the political segment today. But going into Franklin Armory... There's some good news. So they just actually announced its new CA320, which is very similar to the SIG P320. I am waiting for confirmation, but I feel like they joined forces with SIG and created this gun, but it just recently passed the California Department of Justice laboratory certification and handgun testing process and is now listed on the state's roster of certified handguns, which is a pretty big win because there's not a lot of handguns that are even listed on California's roster. It's like very very short. Franklin Armory CA-320 is chambered in 9mm, has factory night sights, and is the first optics-ready pistol listed on the roster. If you guys are in California, don't worry, Franklin Armory has not forgotten about you. There's still quite a few companies that you know are still catering to you guys, which is great. If you want to check this out, head on over to franklinarmory.com. I don't know when it's going to be available for sale, but I'm sure they'd have information on it. And then, as always, if you find anything on that website, use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and you're going to get 10% off your entire order.
0: Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours.
1: Today's Q&A is what is the news on the brace rule? Word is they're planning on publishing the final rule next week right before shot. The timing, obviously, intentional, and we know the rule is going to be arbitrary, so they can force as many people to register as possible. I'll definitely give you updates on specifics when it comes out, but for now, contact your reps, demand that they stop the ATF's illegal overreach. And I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Taylor, but another thing that, you know, I mean, I swear they're coming from us at all freaking angles.
2: Right. You know, one of the one of the conversations I had actually at the range yesterday is a buddy of mine is is talking about, you know, well, they're they're coming down. Should I just should I wait uh, to file my because right now, I guess the form ones are only taking like, I don't know, I did one a couple of weeks ago. They took like six days mm-hmm. to be quick, assumingly that all of these are going to go to form ones. Maybe some of them will have to go to form fours. Um, you know, if you have a, if you have a pistol brace, you got to make the decision. Are you going to, are you going to do it now? or Are you going to do it later? And hopefully Congress stops this. That's the end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and lawsuits will be filed, I'm sure. But, you know, are you going to wait until there, cause there's likely going to be some kind of amnesty period where you don't have to pay the 200 bucks or you're going to go ahead and pay the 200 and not have to wait. Because let's be real, when they give an amnesty period, every gun owner in in, in America, many of us are going to have to go in there and, and do the stupid NFA for them. Yeah. Uh, so what are we talking about? Were we talking about a year wait like suppressors? I mean, I know I just had one that went like 230 days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's not quick. No. Uh, so I'm I'm guessing that the, you know, SBRs are going to be just as in hot demand And, you know, it takes an act of Congress literally to, you know, fund more ATF agents. And frankly, I don't want them to fund more ATF agents. Right.
1: I know. Yeah, I know. That's actually a really good point that you just brought up. Uh, So hopefully we just nick it in the butt. So definitely guys be active and just keep contacting your representatives. One thing that I was thinking that would be good, even just for Rocky Mountain gun owners is just listing, making a list of just all representatives that people can talk to within, you know, their county, because some people don't know how to find that information. So what would you recommend for, you know, a way for them to find that info?
2: Right. So, that's something that we're adding to our website. It's not updated as of now, Mm -hmm. Uh, but if you go to our website and you look at, uh, on the top tab, it says gun laws. Uh, If you scroll down, it'll say elected officials and it'll have the full list. That has not been updated since the new legislature has been sworn in, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that should be updated within the next couple of days. Okay, great. Um, And additionally... There's a if you follow us on Twitter, there's a there's a link going around which we call it. Well, it's called a one-click politics link, and it gives you a uh, you fill in your your name and your zip code and um, I think your email, and uh, you essentially click through once and based on your zip code or your address, it matches you with your politician so you can essentially send them a quick note, uh, and that should be up on our website in the next couple of days as well. Again. I apologize for the delays. We're a state group. Where we operate under so much money and we only have so much time.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, t- I totally get it. Okay, awesome. It's great that you guys offer that, though, because I don't think a lot of people know how to find the representatives.
2: Right, right.
1: All right, so IWI. if you're looking for a great full-size pistol, definitely check out the Masada. It's one of my favorites in its class, and you get a ton of features for the price. So it's object ready, comes with four adapter plates for the most common red dots. The only thing that I've changed on mine is the sights. So after I put a red dot on mine, I changed out the sights so that I could co-witness them. If that's something that you wanna do, they use the SIG pattern sights pretty easy to change out. It also has a pretty awesome factory trigger on it that I don't really think needs to be upgraded. Additionally, they have the tactical model, which has a threaded barrel so that you can suppress it. And both of those, whether it's the tactical model or just the original model, they're both MSRP of 480, which, you know, figure most gun stores will sell them for roughly $400, which is awesome. Check this out at IWI.us, and if you find any accessories in their web store, remember to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, and that is going to get you 15% off.
0: Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now.
1: Today in Tacti Talk, POF drops the Tombstone, Patriot Ordnance Factory, which I don't really have a lot of experience with, has dropped a new lever-action rifle called the Tombstone. The Tombstone is the company's first lever-action platform, which uses the detachable mags instead of traditional lever-gun-style tubular mags. It's chambered in 9mm and comes with a 20-round mag or a 10-round mag, depending on what state you live in. The overall design is a bit different, even for some of the most modern lever guns that we've seen lately. The lever itself is at a different angle than usual, closer to a pistol-style grip as it fits flush on a Magpul SGA stock designed to modernize a Remington 870 shotgun. The Tombstone has a handguard of 10.5 inches with M-Lock slots. It has a 16.5-inch barrel that is fluted to reduce weight, and it's threaded at half by 28 so that you can suppress it. Overall, it only weighs 5.7 pounds, which is pretty great. One drawback though, the Tombstone uses the same proprietary mags as POF's Phoenix, PCC, that they introduced last year. The Phoenix has been in development for quite a while. POF first showed it, I guess, in 2015 at SHOT Show. Even with the long development time and feedback, they still went with the proprietary mags. So kind of sucks. I kind of wish they went with like maybe, I don't know, Scorpion mags or something, CZ Scorpion. But these proprietary mags, It's your only option, and they go for $35 each, which isn't horrible. Definitely less than some of the proprietary Macs that I've seen out there, but that is a drawback. MSRP is $1,962 for Black and $2,097 for FDE. If you guys are looking for a new lever action, you might want to look at that. iTunes reviews, so we do not have any reviews today, unfortunately, but great news, I did finally send out all of the prize packs. I am caught up with that and uh, as well as Patreon patches. If you decide that you want to support the show, you should become a Patreon. If you're a $5 and up Patreon, you get a patch after three months and it is only given to Patreon so nobody else can have it unless you are a Patreon or at some point were a Patreon for at least three months. Also, you get entered into a drawing to win a $300 gift certificate from Blown Deadline. We also just did those as well. Blown Deadline does amazing coat And also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Stake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, and Melissa Ridings. And King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And that is a wrap. That wraps up the show. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on and Just explaining, you know, what's going on in Colorado, but also even if it's not going on in your state, I really do feel like it's just a matter of time. I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty crazy what's happening, of course. So can you just remind people once again, where they can find Rocky mountain gun owners and what that site is for people to sign the petition? And obviously you have to be a Colorado resident to sign the petition, I'm assuming, right?
2: Kind of. We've had people from outside of Colorado. Of course, we won't deliver those. If you want to stand in solidarity with us or even chip in a couple bucks, uh, signing that petition will probably be the easiest way to get to that point. Uh, And that website is rmgo.org forward slash AWB. That's Alpha Whiskey Bravo. Uh, Again, rmgo.org forward slash AWB. You can find us on Twitter at rmgo colorado all one word or on Instagram at RMGO underscore official or on Facebook at RMGO official. And again, thanks so much for having me on. We need as many people in this fight as possible. I mean, we are, we are in for a major, major, major fight here in Colorado. And, and like you said, I mean, this is not just uh, something that is uh, affecting Coloradans. It could be coming to a state near you. I mean, if you, if you watch that video that I I pointed out at the beginning, it, it's called Rocky Mountain Heist. You know, even they point out that, again, it's, I don't know, probably six or eight years old now. But uh, it's, it's still happening in, in states like Texas, mm-hmm. uh, that groups like the Gang of Four, which comprised of all these billionaires that spent, you know, countless dollars in, in Colorado to flip the state. They're doing that in Texas and in Tennessee and in in states that have traditionally been uh, very red. Uh, and they, they literally call it the Colorado model. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, watch that video, join us, support the fight. We need every single person's help. So thanks so much for having me on. I'm always happy to come back.
1: Of course. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs>